Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church located in Katy, Texas. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing that faith with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message. God bless your week. Dear Christian, God bless you today with single-mindedness as you consider His grace, peace, and mercy that are yours and pursue all of that while fleeing from something far more deadly. When you go to a restaurant, has it ever happened to you that the server came and asked you, would you like the whole menu tonight? Of course, Restaurant menus are quite extensive and you could not possibly order the whole menu and eat and drink the whole thing in one sitting. So you pick what you want. But you might not realize that when you say yes to ordering something from a restaurant menu, you're also saying no to many other things. For example, if you say yes to a strawberry lemonade, you are at the same time saying no to Coke, Dr. Pepper, Sprite, plain old lemonade, margarita, or many other drinks. If you say yes to chicken fried steak, you are saying no to enchiladas, tacos, fajitas, lasagna, soup and salad, burger and fries, and who knows how many other things. The same principle applies to all of life, not when you're only when you're at a restaurant. Life is like a menu full of choices, and whenever you say yes, to an opportunity, you are also saying no to many other possibilities. No matter how hard you work, no matter what you might try, no matter what you do or what choices you make, you can never have it all. And that means that saying no might seem painful or disappointing at times. And yet, it is not so hard to say no if you have a higher yes in mind. That's what the Apostle Paul talks about today in our sermon verses as we live for God with a single-minded pursuit. Listen to these two verses from 1 Timothy chapter 6. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now, starting here with a phrase like this, but you, man of God, flee from all this, begs the question, what's the this? The this is the love of money being the root of all kinds of evil. Now notice that scripture does not say that money itself is the root of all kinds of evil, but that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. An attitude of craving more, whether that would be a lot more or even just a little more. Being a saveaholic or being a spendaholic, the attitude involved in both of them, that heart is the root of all kinds of evil. Someone who loves money is easily arrogant, saying, why do I need God? 
I've got money and this comfortable life I'm drawing up for myself. Or someone who loves money is worried and afraid. And no matter what they've bought or how much they saved, they're sure they don't have enough and might not ever get enough. The love of money causes people to trample those in front of them instead of serve them or even listen to anything they have to say. The love of money causes endless fighting. How many marriage arguments or marriages have been wrecked because of the love of money? How many countries have gone to war because of the love of money? How many family relationships have been broken up entirely because of simply the love of money? Greed, envy, walking in a room thinking you're entitled to everything just because you showed up. The list goes on and on and on and on, and I think I've gone far enough to give you a taste of how the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Flee from it, God says in his word. Flee from it. Don't be gentle, don't delay, don't dawdle, don't negotiate with that part of your heart that kind of likes money and wants to keep it around. But then don't just flee like a chicken with its head cut off, going everywhere and nowhere all at once. Have purpose and direction. Verse 11 says, flee from all this and pursue righteousness and godliness, living in a way that honors God above all. Faith and love that you trust God above all things with deep faith and have love for him and his commands as well as love for others looking to serve them instead of looking for ways that they could serve you. Pursue decisively endurance as you live your Christian life and gentleness, not bossing people around at every opportunity. It's like a sprinter in a track meet who flees the starting line, but then doesn't just run wherever but they run directly towards the finish line. You could say they're fleeing the starting line and pursuing the finish line, and that's how God wants you to be. Exactly that. Flee from the love of money and pursue all of these other godly attitudes. Two more commands connected to that. It's not an easy job, so fight. Fight the good fight. Don't wilt. Don't give up. Don't say, why bother? And certainly don't crumple into a heap of melting down. Fight the good fight of the faith and take hold, grab, clutch eternal life to which God has called you because he has sent his only son, the only one who is qualified to save sinners from sin. God has sent him so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You are in the world. You are included in whoever. This applies to you. So take hold of that eternal life to which God has called someone just like you. And as you take hold and as you fight the good fight, pursue a life that sets your heart on things above and flee from the love of money no matter what anyone else around you 
is doing. It's not easy, is it? It sounds simple. And yet, there's a part of us that still really loves money and what it can do and really worries about it and wishes for more. There's a part of us, the sinful side inside, that thinks that we are the ones on heaven's throne and should be able to boss everyone around however we want instead of trusting and rejoicing that God is the one on heaven's throne controlling all things for the best interest of people just like us. That part of us, that sinful side, walks into any room and says, I'm entitled to everything I just laid eyes upon. And that has incredible, terrible results. That part of us, that sinful side, also says, I haven't got enough and I don't know if I ever will and is full of despair and fear. And I don't even know if God would want me like this. Further despair and fear, worry, anxiety, tumbles down, gathering all kinds of details about how we've been shorted. It's as though that sinful side inside of us eyes up everyone else and says, how come they got the Tex-Mex enchilada platter that cost the most? And all I got was some moldy rice and beans. And then there's also that sinful side and part of you that not only is proud or full of despair or envious, another piece of it is, it says, can I have both? Can't I flee the love of money a little bit and pursue heaven as my home a little bit, but both, I really want both. I don't want just one or the other. I don't want to set my hearts only on things above because that's a long time away. Crush that sinful part of you that thinks the love of money is a root of good and not all kinds of evil. And then listen to Jesus, your Savior, who was astonishing in the way that he lived his life. Jesus was not a spendaholic or a savaholic. Jesus did flee the love of money all his life, but then not just go all over the place wherever, but he pursued righteousness and godliness, didn't he? And he lived a perfect life. Jesus Christ trusted the Lord with all his heart, even when his life was on the line, and loved anyone without rank. Whoever was in front of him, even those he didn't know that well personally during his three-year ministry, people like us. He loved us with all he's got. Jesus Christ was enduring. He never gave up, no matter how others tried to get him to give up. And yet, while being so tough and hard-nosed and enduring, he also was nothing but gentle. Only that. Listening. Asking, how can I help you? And then being willing to pay the ultimate price. That he did give up his life so that whoever in the world believes in him will not perish and will have eternal life. It's incredible to know what Jesus has done. We hear a little bit more about it in the rest of the verses, starting at verse 13. 
In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who, while testifying before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and might forever. Amen. Did you catch in there God's desire for us to flee from the love of money everywhere we find it and pursue godliness wherever we are able without spot or blame? There's no negotiation there. And did you see how Jesus is not just a king, but the only king? And did you notice where he lives? Feel free to dream and ponder about where he is right now as we speak today. He is on his heavenly throne. He lives in unapproachable light. That means that if his office door was open and it was still a mile away, as you kind of peer off into the distance to see the light coming out of the office door that's open, you couldn't even approach it. That's where he lives, in unapproachable light. And even though he lives in unapproachable light, through his incredible forgiveness, he has given us the promise, you're going to get to approach me one day there. Even though he lives in such glory, no one can see him with their own eyes and live to tell about it. He says, when you come to heaven, you're going to see me with your own eyes and be just as glorious as I am. Dear Christian, that is the finish line. That is what we're pursuing. That's where you're headed when your heart is in the right place as God wants. To flee from the love of money and to pursue the things that are godly. You can say no if you have a higher yes. So say no and flee from feeling entitled to everything because you just showed up and Others seem to be getting the best of you as though life is some big rat race of competition for stuff. Say no and flee from that and instead pursue what Christ has given you. Say no and flee from gathering all the details about what you're missing out on. And say yes, the higher yes, and pursue gathering all the details about the home in heaven that Jesus offers you. Say no and flee from wilting because life is hard and you're worried about money and it's just a big struggle. Flee from that and pursue the strength only Jesus can provide to be enduring and gentle all in the same beautiful package. Say no and flee from caring what the godless world thinks about your lifestyle because you have a higher yes to pursue. Pursue that higher yes of living for God and God alone. Let the chips fall where they may as I put one foot in front of the next on my joyful march towards eternal life.
It's not so hard in the end to say no when you have a higher yes. It's actually easier to think about fleeing when you're only thinking about where you're going, pursuing the eternal life Jesus has won for you. Dear Christian, God bless you as you do that. As you set your heart with single-minded vigor on the eternal life to which Christ has called you. As you enjoy a life of fleeing from all this and pursuing what pleases God, helping others to do the same. Amen. We know your time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you be so kind as to click to follow our show and give us a five-star rating? That's a quick and easy way to help us get the message of truth out to more people. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.